Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. The panel. Talk, talk, talk to me, yeah. Panel this morning consists of uh, Jamie Wall, who I understand is coming to us uh, all the way from Fiji this morning. Uh, which is wonderful that he's uh, taken time out of his uh, holiday break. And uh, Graham Beasley as well. Now, you can find Graham Beasley. He has a website called sportsfreak.co.nz, sportsfreak.co.nz. Uh, Graham, good morning to you. Welcome to the show. I, I guess we've got to start off with uh, last night, Rugby League, uh, one of the great state of origins and recent memory for me. How about you? Oh, I agree. Good morning, Smithy, and good morning, Jamie. Um, yeah, what a, what a fantastic series, actually. Um some some state of origin series can be a little bit forgettable, but 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 this one had it all really. And um, with New South Wales just sort of pressuring um, all, all through that second half, and then Queensland getting the runaway try, um, a fantastic end to it really. And um, obviously, you know, um, in front of the Lang Park faithful as well, they'd have um, they'd have quite enjoyed that, wouldn't they? They would have, uh, Graham, and what I quite enjoyed about it, um, and and I, I understand the the need to respect players' safety and welfare and concussion and all these sorts of things. Of course, I do. Uh, but I, you know, it had had everything, and it seemed to be handled pretty well. Those first five minutes were interesting, weren't they? Yeah, with the um, with the three concussions. Um, yeah, that was pretty fiery. Uh, League, league is being bold, and, and you know clearly there there is that contrast with Union, um, with what we saw in Dunedin last weekend and what we saw last night. It's um, it's going to be an interesting one to follow as the, as the two sports go down quite sort of different routes there. Yeah, it is absolutely. Jamie, uh, good morning to you, Buller. I suppose we should say um, Fiji, uh, fantastic for you. Did you were you able to catch any of the State of Origin at all? Uh, yeah, um, <clears throat> Bull of Anaka, boys. Uh, yes, I was uh, able to watch it in the hotel bar with about <clears throat> 50 Australian journalists who are here uh, next door for the uh, Pacific Leaders Conference um, happening. Um, we tried to get the Prime Minister and uh, her Australian counterpart over to watch it for us, but they politely declined. Um, but yeah, yeah, I had, uh, had watched it um, uh, last night and it was great. Absolutely fantastic game. Um, obviously, I'm a New South Wales supporter myself, but uh, unfortunately, didn't get the result we wanted. But I have to say, and Graham touched on it just before, it just shows what a contrast there is when you have a physical contact sport that embraces uh, its role as being a physical contact sport uh, and one that is trying to, I guess, uh, legislate itself out of any sort of... Um, uh, any any sort of culpability when it comes to players getting injured because you're going to see that scrap uh, between Dane Gagai and Matt Burton replayed until the end of time when Origin comes on. Uh, you're going to see those hits where those those guys ended up on the floor uh, until the end of time um, because rugby league knows that it's contact sport. 
Um, it knows that it's part of the um, <clears throat> part of why people watch it, and it knows that uh, it, it's an entertainment product uh, that gets sorted out, and that State of Origin is the number one part of that that product that they're trying to put across. So, you know, for that to ha- for that to happen, I mean, those guys got binned. That's that was fair enough, I guess. Uh, but we're not going to hear any complaints about red cards or yellow cards or. Uh, you know, all that sort of thing ruining the game, which is just un, uh, what what we're probably going to have to put up with for the rest of the season um, when it comes to talking about the All Blacks. So who's got it right then, uh, Jamie? And who's, who's uh, is there a right and wrong in this uh, when you look at the attitudes of the of two different codes? <sighs> well, I, I'd have to say rugby league's got it right uh, because at least they're being honest with themselves. Um, and you know it's much easier to uh, be uh, get get your point across when you're being honest. Um, because I don't think World Rugby are being honest. I don't think New Zealand Rugby are being honest, and I don't think the All Blacks are being particularly honest about what they want to get out of out of the game. I mean, if you're just going to focus on, uh, like I said, reducing culpability then you're going to detract from your own product. And all we've heard all week is about the influence that the laws of the game have had. And I'm not, I don't want to chuck the referee under the bus on this one because he had a set of rules or a set of laws that he had to adjudicate by. And I feel like he did that, you know, pretty well. I thought that I thought they did that. It's the lawmakers that need to have a good hard look at themselves and say to themselves, well, what are we trying to sell here? What are we, what are we selling? Are we selling, uh, a product that's entertaining and that, that has 50,000 people at, at Lang Park, you know, b- baying for blood? Or are we trying to sell uh, a case to ACC? Because I, I just think that, you know, they need to get real and, and, and get their heads around the fact that it's no matter what they litigate, uh, people are going to hit their heads on things. Mm. Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Uh, fellas, we've got to take a, a short news break here. Uh, we'll do that when we come back. Plenty more to talk about. All Black naming this morning, actually. It's uh, around about an hour away. Very interesting uh, options there for Ian Foster and co. Uh, we'll talk about that shortly. In the meantime, here is Araha. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Uh, Graham Beasley with us this morning. Uh, his website is sportsfreak.co.nz. Uh, Jamie Wall is uh, in uh, Fiji on business. Um, and uh, the business we're talking about this morning, uh, we'll change the subject now to the naming of the All Black side, uh, gentlemen. And uh, Graham, we'll give you first uh, crack at this. Uh, what are you expecting from Ian Foster in around about an hour's time? It's going to be interesting to see how bold he will be. Um, I mean, I guess. Scott Barrett goes back to six with Whitelock coming in. Um, that's pretty straightforward. Uh, Will Jordan has to start, and probably Havili comes in at second five. Um, I mean, I'd always thought that they'd like to get Roger Tavares-Sheck off the bench at some stage in the series, but I think that's probably been shelved now. I think he'll go for a more conservative and experienced approach. Um, and other than those, I can't see too many changes, really, and those those three changes are pretty obvious and logical, but... And they do strengthen the side, but they don't transform it. So um, it, it'll it'll be interesting if he um, if he tries to fit in any other changes as well. Uh, is it easier? Is it easy as just going back to to the first test, uh, Jamie? That's the thing. I mean, uh, Ireland are a slightly different side, particularly now away from Eden Park. Their confidence levels must be massively high. 
Um, so apart from the odd change, what else do the All Blacks have to do and, and uh, what changes do you actually envisage? Well, Graham makes a great point there that it's more of a, a shuffle than a, than a turnover uh, of personnel. And, and really, I think that even if you kept that same team from last week that performed so poorly, uh, you know, you, you, you're still putting out an all-black team that people would probably accept reasonably well. I think that, you know, a couple of players definitely played themselves out of contention. I think Offer to Nafasi is definitely one of them. If you're picking on form, you have to say that's one of the most one of the worst performances I've seen from an All Black um, in recent times. Uh, And obviously, if Samuel Whitelock is fit, he should probably come straight back into um, the team. Um, But again, uh, like I said, this is not so much about team selection. This is about the ability for the coaching staff to have transformed uh, one of the poorest performances you'll see from an All Black team ever. Uh, into uh, a game, a game-winning performance, uh, and a game where it's that's suddenly become incredibly uh, important for this All Black team um, going forward. It has the kind of feeling of a knockout uh, game at a World Cup around it because of the circumstances leading up to it, the twists and turns that this this tour has taken. Um, and and I think that if this coaching staff has any shred of credibility left in them. That we don't need to see a, <clears throat> we don't just need to see a win this Saturday. We need to see a complete overhaul of the way that the All Blacks are playing. If nothing else, just instill a bit of confidence into the people who are watching this team. I I just think that the the rhetoric around the coaching staff has just gotten so uh, divisive and and so opinionated that it doesn't really even matter what Foster does um, from now on because he's only ever as good as his last result. Uh, so, I mean, I think that even even a win, if it's not a convincing one, those question marks are still going to remain. So this is a massive test uh, for this coaching group. Totally agree. I think one of the biggest... Uh biggest test matches we've had we say that quite a bit but I mean it I genuinely mean it this time around uh, for the coaching group in particular uh, and for the support levels in New Zealand which are uh, they are crucial uh, they might um, shrug their shoulders and say well you know we can't affect that but uh, it is it's massively important uh, going forward the confidence levels of the fans themselves uh, the Silver Ferns are in an interesting competition at the moment Graham uh, playing uh, against uh, the Aotearoa men's team tonight. Uh, they knocked over New Zealand A last night, and then they've got a mixed team to play. Wow, well, netball's changing face, isn't it? It certainly is. I don't quite understand what the mixed team is about. Is that, is that 50-50 male and female? Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, OK, that's, that's quite an interesting concept. Um, I mean, yeah, that was pretty impressive from them last night, I thought, um, first up. I think... Um, um, Getting Sooners playing so well at centre, I think that was you know an, an area where people weren't really sure who was going to play there. And um, Dame Nolene has sort of picked a slightly controversial side, um, and she's picked it on form, but she knows what she's doing. And um, you know, I think um, we should give her a few games to see how that goes, rather than just write them off as such. And given given her track record, given how they did in that first up game last night, etc., um, I'm expecting good things from them at the Commonwealth Games. What about you, uh, Jamie? Are, are you uh, got expectations of a decent coloured medal? Oh, absolutely. I think that um, you know the Silverfins should be aiming for gold at no matter what uh, competition they're playing, and um, especially with a coach like Dame uh, Nolene at the helm. And she's obviously got a plan. She's she's a you know well respected coach, and like Graham alluded to, she's picked 
a slightly controversial team based on fitness levels uh, rather than you know individual performances, which is an interesting interesting concept given the narratives around female sport at the moment. I mean, that's another big issue that probably we don't have time to get into here. But she went ahead and picked her, picked her team and proved herself uh, proved herself correct because you know if there's one team you probably want to beat if you're picking a picking a side like that it's the best of the rest who probably sitting there feeling like hey hang on i should probably be in this team so uh pretty convincing when they're great to see good performances from the shooters uh and also some good performances from the nz8 team um as well amelia and ikanasio you know it's proven that if need be she can be called up um but the, yeah you you touched on the concept of the tournament itself um Obviously, having the New Zealand men's team in there a couple of years ago obviously got a lot of interest uh, in it because people just wanted to were curious and wanted to see how it go goes. Um, I'm quite keen on the whole concept of a mixed team as well. As someone who's played a bit of social indoor netball, um, it, it's cool to see that concept um, be taken to the highest level. And perhaps it's it's going to be a way of providing a pathway for, for players to maybe take that form of the game a bit more seriously. So I, I applaud New Zealand Netball for going ahead and just trying something new just to see how it works. It's always awesome when um, sports governing bodies do that. So let's hope that it's going to be a competitive series. Uh, gentlemen, I'm going to play you a, a bit of a, a tape here and uh, just remind you of the fact that it was three years to the day, three years to the day that this happened. It's going to be on Martin Guptill. It's going to be on Martin Guptill. Two to win. Guptill's going to push for two. They've got to go. It's got to throw. He's got to go to the keeper's end. He's got it. England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins. By the barest of all margins. Absolute ecstasy for England. Agony. Agony for New Zealand. Well, I didn't play it because it was uh, my commentary, but what I played it was, it was such a poignant time in our uh, cricketing history, our sporting history, and uh, Jamie, I would imagine you recall it uh, pretty well. It was an early Monday morning for a lot of people in New Zealand, and a long one, and a painful one. What are your memories? (laughs) You're asking the wrong guy, Smithy. Um, I was actually on a plane to Buenos Aires uh, that night, so I missed the whole thing. My only memory of it was that... uh, they announced it over the the intercom. I was on. I was. I was actually on the same plane as the All Blacks heading over to um, to Buenos Aires for a, for the Test match over there. Um, and uh, I I punched a seat in front of me and I unfortunately woke up the bloke in the in the seat in front of me. So sorry to that guy uh, who's on his way <laughs> back to back to Argentina. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, uh, it was really interesting because once we'd got to Buenos Aires, um, a, a lot of the team had already arrived, and they'd somehow found a way to watch it and and on Argentine TV. Uh, and the whole first press conference uh, with the All Blacks was was talking about the cricket, which they were, which meant it was one of the more memorable press conferences you get at the All Blacks because um, it was it was a good decent conversation. We sort of helped heal each other's grief uh, through talking about it. So that's my main memory memory of it. But yeah, like I said, I didn't actually see one second of that entire final because the plane took off just as the uh, the first ball was getting bowled. So I think Graham's probably the better one to, to talk us through that. Well, Graham, sportsfreak.co.nz. Uh, yeah, I, honestly, um, I, I think I'm over it. I, I think I'm over it. That didn't help, but I think I'm over it. Yeah, I don't think I am, actually. And listening to that, to that replay again just then, you know, it all comes flooding back. 
Um, I watched that super over from behind the couch in my living room, and um, I sort of crawled out from behind the couch at the end of it, and just sort of, it took me hours to process it. You know, what has just happened here? And there were so many issues, you know, the ball hitting Stokes' back and going for four, Bolt taking that catch and then stepping over the line when, you know, he'd taken some fantastic catches earlier in the tournament. And just all those little things went against us. Um, and, you know, I, I still don't think that as a cricketing nation, we're over it. Um, the World Test Championship win last week, uh, last year, I should say, went some way towards um, towards the therapy, but I think we will still really struggle, you know, and until we win a, um, a 50 over World Cup, I think. You know, we will always keep looking back to that day um, and uh, unfortunately, it's um, it's etched in uh, in our cricketing psyche. It is absolutely, gentlemen. Thank you very much for your time this morning. Uh, I've enjoyed chatting to you on a uh, various uh, array of subjects. There, uh, Graham. Thank you. Uh, excellent. Uh, thanks for joining us, and to you too, uh, Jamie. Enjoy the rest of the time that uh, you're in Fiji, and uh, we look forward to Saturday night, the biggest test for a long time for the All Blacks. It truly is. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.